Make this the best year ever with Read and Write. Getting a confident start to the new school year is important for every student, especially those with reading and writing difficulties, learning disabilities, or English as a second language. Whether on a PC, Mac, iPad, or mobile device, there's a Read and Write product to suit your needs. The Read and Write family of products can help your struggling reader or writer be more confident and more successful than ever. Read and Write Gold is text-to-speech software that provides tools for reading, writing, studying, and research, while students work within the common applications they use every day. Read and Write for Google provides support tools for Google Docs, PDFs and EPUBs in Chrome on PCs, Macs, and Chromebooks to make Google Apps for Education accessible. And iRead-Write makes reading easier and ensures accurate writing as students use their iPad for school, work, or leisure. Give students the support they need wherever and whenever with Read and Write. Try it today! To learn more about how Read and Write can help your struggling students, visit texthelp.com or call 1-888-248-0652. Again, that number is 1-888-248-0652. If you have students with IEPs, be sure to take advantage of the Read and Write Gold IEP Special. Happy New Year, and welcome to the AT Tips Cast, where we explore free or nearly free tools and strategies that can be used to provide more options to all learners. I'm your host, Chris Bougay. This is episode 141, recorded on January 4th, 2015. Beth Poss and I are facilitating a one-day pre-conference session on January 28th in Orlando, Florida, called Technology-Driven Data Collection, Using Digital Tools to Document Progress. That full-day session is on Wednesday, January 28th, and we'll be talking about how to use technology to streamline and improve data collection strategies. You can register to participate by going to bit.ly slash data ATIA15. That's bit.ly slash D-A-T-A-A-T-I-A-15. Data is one of those nasty four-letter words that seem to raise the hackles of anyone who hears it. It's a shifty little animal that means different things to different people. When considering data, a number of questions seem to spring up. What exactly is data? Why should one collect data? When should one collect data? How often should data be collected? How does one analyze the data once it's been collected? Then, maybe most importantly, how does one use the data to make decisions and steer practice? We're going to be exploring all of that and more during the pre-conference session. One tool in particular we're going to discuss is how to use Google Forms to collect and analyze data. And that's exactly what we're going to explore here as we examine AT Tip 457, Google Forms for Data Collection. All right, so Google Forms can be used for data collection, but why? Why take the time to switch from a paper-based clipboard system to something more digital? The answer is simply time. Like most things in life, there's an initial hump or hurdle you need to jump over to get started. But the buckets of time you invest up front will save you dump truck loads of time down the road. When I was providing direct services to students as a speech-language pathologist, I collected data on a piece of paper with a goal written on it. These data sheets were then placed in a student file. Then, quarterly, at progress note time, I'd analyze all that data by taking out all of those papers and crunching the numbers for each goal for each student. These numbers resulted in a percentage that I'd place on the progress note. Unless people weren't collecting data, and instead making it up when it came to writing progress notes, 
I think this is how most special educators collect data on the goals outlined by the students' IEPs. And this works for the most part, but there are some issues. First, it's only me collecting data on the goal. It's my data collected rather than shared data collection. Although I might get anecdotal information from other teachers, I rarely got quantifiable data from all the other professionals that work with that student on that particular goal. The paper-based method of data collection wasn't conducive to gathering measurable data from multiple sources. Second, the paper-based method was a lot of work. Analyzing the data takes a lot of time. Crunching numbers for every goal for every student and then writing those up had me acting more like an accountant than an educator. Third, sometimes students wouldn't make progress, or there'd be a decline in their abilities based on the numbers. Although this didn't happen often, it did happen, and I'd be left scratching my head, asking myself all sorts of questions like, maybe my sample size is too small, maybe I botched the math, or maybe the decline is related to my presence, since I'm the only one collecting data on this goal. Maybe the student is doing great on this goal in another environment, and myriad other questions. Fourth, it just sucked to do. I remember wanting to call in sick so I could spend the day getting my progress notes done. Usually, however, it meant a Saturday or Sunday with stacks of sheets spread all over my living room floor. Each stack was an open file for a student. If someone were to peer through a window, I probably looked like a detective from an old noir film poring over case files looking for a clue that would tie the whole thing together. Despite my efforts to be diligent and organized, it was sloppy, messy, time-consuming work that I was doing on my own time. Man, how I wish I had Google Forms back then. It's a huge game changer. Google Forms allows a user to create customizable and shareable surveys. The results of the surveys populate on a Google spreadsheet. The spreadsheets can then be used to summarize the results. In some cases, the summary of results can even provide a graphical representation of the data, which is pretty sweet. Once you create a Google Form, a hyperlink to that form is created. One can then share that link with other educators. Other educators could then use that hyperlink to collect data on the student, which in turn immediately populates the spreadsheet. Each entry is timestamped, so you'll have a chronological order of every event. At any time, but especially at progress note time, anyone with the link can view the results to analyze the data. The data is already present in a digital form, ready to be converted into progress notes. Or, although I don't know anyone who does this, the hyperlink to the spreadsheet itself could become the progress note. In a measure of true transparency, everyone on a student's IEP team could at any time see the data being collected. Imagine a teacher working with a student, opening up his or her phone, pressing on a bookmark, and having the digital data sheet at their fingertips. Imagine a supervisor opening up a spreadsheet and seeing who has been collecting data and who hasn't. Imagine a parent in the middle of a quarter wanting to know what the progress is on the student. They could simply click on the hyperlink and see all the data being collected. Alright, so maybe I've convinced you Google Forms is something you could try for data collection. But how does one get started? First, unless you're working in a Google Apps for Education school, you should start by creating a list of code names. If you are working in a Google Apps for Education school, you likely have a secure server and you can probably use students' actual names. If you're not in a Google Apps for Education school, the forms you'll be using to collect data will be using your own personal account, and the data in those forms will live on servers controlled by Google. Having data on Google servers is probably a breach of confidentiality. So instead, you need to use code names. I recommend fictional characters, like superheroes for starters. For instance, if you were working with a student named Tucker Bouguet, 
maybe you'd call him Captain America. Or, if you wanted to stick with the same initials, you could call him Thunderbird. Thunderbirds are go. If you need a list of all superheroes to get your code name set, you can get one group by letter at superherodb.com slash characters. That's like superhero database. Yeah, superherodb.com slash characters. Once you have a list of characters, a la student code names, now begins the tricky task of creating the Google form for that student. Before you create the Google form, you have to ask yourself how you'd like to have the goals organized. I think most prefer to have one Google form per student where every goal is listed on that one Google form. Others, however, might prefer to have one Google form per goal, with each of these forms residing in a folder named with the student's code name. For the sake of time, I'm going to describe the one form per student method, but know that both could conceivably work. Now it's time to create the form in Google Forms. When you name the form, name it the code name of your student. Then, create a field for whom is completing the form. This is an important part of the Google Form so that you know who is collecting the data if you're going to be sharing the link to the form with other educators. If you already know all the people who will be accessing the form to enter data, you could make the response to the question be a drop-down list. This will speed up the time it takes to complete the form because a responder would only have to select his or her name rather than having to type it. Once you've created a question and a field for the responder to put his or her name, break open the goals for that student and place the first goal as the first question in the Google form. That's actually the easy part. The hard part is deciding how to answer the question you just wrote. How are you going to measure the goal? Because of the wide variety of types of goals, it's difficult to explain this process, but whenever possible, try to use the multiple choice, list, or checkbox options. These options allow for the data to be summarized in a very understandable and visual format when it comes time to do that. Let me give you an example. Let's say a student has the following goal. Peter Parker will independently turn in homework and classwork assignments on time with 9 out of 10 assignments as observed by teacher checklist. At first glance, one might think this is an easy goal to measure. The response could be a simple yes-no question. Did the student independently turn in work on time? Yes or no? However, when you take a close look at the goal, you realize that there are actually several different components that need measuring. There's how often the student completed the homework and classwork, how often the student completed the work on time, and how often the assignments were completed independently. A better way to have responses might be with several possible responses, each indicated with a checkbox where the person responding might choose any of the following. Completed independently, completed with support, completed on time, completed late, not completed at all. These five options cover the majority of the possible outcomes to be measured, assuming, of course, that you don't need or want to collect data on partially completed assignments. Deciding how you're going to measure each goal is the trickiest part of the process, but like anything, it becomes easier the more you do it. Let's do a little practice exercise right now. See if you can come up with how you'd ask responders to measure the following goal. Clark Kent will independently use a graphic organizer and word processor to compose formal writing assignments with no more than two spelling slash grammatical errors for four out of five writing assignments as measured by completed student assignments and teacher notes slash grades per semester. Now, pause the podcast here and generate your responses. Don't worry, I'll sit here and wait. If you're in the car driving right now, just pull over. You don't have any place that important to be anyway. Okay, ready? Hit pause now. 
and we're back. You can start driving again. All right, how'd you do? Once again, I generated the responses using a list of checkboxes. So the responder could select any of the following. Independently used, prompted use, did not use, less than two errors, more than two errors. Now, sure, I could have been even more specific, having more possible choices to include whether or not the student only used a graphic organizer and not a word processor, or vice versa, but I decided that our student wouldn't get credit unless he used both. I took the word and in the clause, graphic organizer and word processor, literally. How did your answers compare to mine? Okay, one more example before we go. Bruce Banner will answer critical thinking and analysis type questions about the content after reading grade level material with 80% in 4 out of 5 trials per quarters. For this question, you might use a scale from 0 to 10 to mark the percentage. Each time the student completes questions after reading a grade level assignment, the person collecting data could mark the closest percentage, rounding up or down as appropriate. After every question, a la goal, and answer, a la how one measures that goal, it's also a good idea to put another question labeled notes or comments with a response of an open-ended text field. This way, the responder, a la the person collecting data, can add any anecdotal comments about that particular goal. Once you complete the form, select Send Form and a hyperlink is presented that can be copied, pasted, and shared. Of course, I like to shrink URLs into something more memorable using bit.ly. For example, you can view a sample form I created by going to bit.ly slash gfgoalssample. That's bit.ly slash gfgoalssample. This is the hyperlink you send to people. Ask them to bookmark it on their phone, tablet, or computer. Then, when it comes time to collect data, the responder can readily access that bookmark and begin to collect their data. Now, back in your Google Drive, you'll notice that a Google Form has been created, along with a corresponding spreadsheet. This spreadsheet will have every question as a separate column along the top. Each time a responder, the person collecting data, submits a completed form, the responses populate a row in the spreadsheet. When it comes time to analyze the results, you have everything you need to know for each goal. As a little bonus feature, anyone with editing rights to the spreadsheet can go to the Form tab at the top of the spreadsheet and select Show Summary of Responses. A new tab at the bottom of the sheet will be created with the summary of responses. And that sucker is awesome. It takes each question and provides a visual representation of the responses, such as a pie chart or bar graph. It's pretty sweet. The data almost analyzes itself. That's something you just have to see to believe, so it isn't really conducive to audio. But, of course, I'll have links to everything I mention along with examples of the summaries over at attipscast.com. Now, using those spreadsheets, you can copy-paste the goals into your progress notes. If your system allows for it, you can even bring in the visualizations to enhance your progress notes. Like I said before, you can even share the direct link to the spreadsheet of results. And that's it. Voila, the progress notes practically write themselves. With a little practice, you can kick all of those pieces of paper to the curb, and you can create a streamlined data collection system for yourself. The content in this episode is just on how to use Google Forms to collect data on student goals, 
but Google Forms can also be used to do formative and summative assessments, collaborative and individual multimodal professional development to assist with transitions, and as a way to track data to build your team capacity by measuring your team goals, and so much more. If you'd like to learn about all of that and more, well, that's what we'll be exploring and practicing in much greater detail during the pre-conference session on Wednesday, January 28th, 2015, down in sunny Orlando, Florida. If you found this episode useful, just wait until you see what we have in store for you down there. You'll be a digital data diva in no time. Register today at bit.ly slash data ATIA 15. That's D-A-T-A-A-T-I-A 15. Until next time, may all your strategies be supportive, may all your interventions be inclusive, and may all your data be collected digitally. I'm designed to exceed human capacity, both mentally and physically. Abandon ship. This is not a drill. Good night, Captain. Sleep well, sir. It is an intriguing sensation. She brought me closer to humanity than I ever thought possible. And for a time, I was tempted by her offer. How long a time? 0.68 seconds, sir. For an android, that is nearly an eternity.